If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. We are at episode number 1540. This is the final episode where we're talking about Solo A Star Wars Story, the expanded edition, which is the novelization of the movie Solo A Star Wars Story. And once again, thank you to Penguin Random House for sending me a copy to peruse and to extract secrets from for us to talk about here on the podcast and to enhance your viewing of Solo, your next viewing, whether it's on digital right now or whether you're waiting for a hard disk format on the 25th. Yeah, just a few short days away. Anyway, so here's the thing. Novelizations, you know, they're beholden to the movie, of course, in a way that, say, novels like Daniel Jose Elder's Last Shot are, you know, they can go wild with what they're doing. And so, you know, it's interesting to read those two novels back to back. And you know, you kind of have to separate the experience of them because what Mer Lafferty is able to do with the novelization is much more restricted compared to what Daniel Jose Elder is able to do with his, you know, cut from whole cloth novel. So with those parameters in place, you're better able to evaluate a novelization like the Solo A Star Wars Story novelization. And there's really a couple of things that you're looking for. Number one, is it faithful to the movie? And number two, does it enhance your understanding and viewing pleasure of the movie? And I think that it succeeds in both regards. And I have to say that it feels like as the novel went on, it got a little bit more faithful to the movie in the sense that it didn't necessarily expound on the movie as much for me in the later stages of the novel as it did in the earlier stages of the novel. I felt like I got more background information. I got more depth to the whole story in the narrative in the earlier parts of the novel than the later parts of the novel. But then again, as we all know, Larry Kasdan movies and scripts really bear along, barrel along like a you know house of fire for all intents and purposes. And so you can imagine how with a narrative train running as fast as it's running that it would be a little bit difficult in a way to try to slow that down by writing additional you know depth of narrative into it and especially, you know, deeper on into the novel as well. So, you know, it's a tough balance to work. And I have to say that, yeah, working on a novelization, you know, that cannot be easy at all. It has to be a situation where you deal with creative limitations much more so than you do, as we were saying at the top, with something that's cut from whole cloth. And I think Mer Lafferty did a good job dealing with the material that she had and filling it out in some very interesting ways. And probably you know, the thing I would say that's most to her credit is being able to maintain and enhance the comedy of the you know, of the movie originally. Yeah, there's some things that just can't quite be conveyed. We talked about how the you know landing of the Millennium Falcon is different in the movie than it is in the novelization, and that actually makes me wonder if you know that's something that was affected by when she was writing it versus when you know the movie edits were happening, and if it's just something that 
you know, like she couldn't have conveyed it because she didn't have the material to be able to convey it. Whereas in the editing room, it just had more of that comedic effect the way that it was, you know, cut and delivered and that sort of thing. That being said, you know, the way that she describes some of the things happening, like with Lando taking off from Saverine, and, you know, you don't necessarily get the, you know, the small expression on Alden Ehrenreich's face, and, you know, that tells a whole story in itself, but Merlafferty's narrative about how, you know, it couldn't, it probably couldn't have failed more spectacularly, uh, those sorts of lines were definitely <laughs> delivered very well, and there are more than a few moments where Merlafferty had some of those interjections into the narrative describing the action that was happening in very comedic ways, not just comedic by, you know, the dialogue delivery, but comedic by her descriptions thereof. And another one of the strengths of the novel are its characterizations. So we get to dig in deeper to Han and to Kira and to Beckett, and, you know, it's a shame that Beckett had to die at the end because he was a really interesting character and, you know, you can kind of see why it had to happen, obviously, but it would have been interesting to have him get off scot-free and for there to be potential for more interactions in the future. But the way his character is drawn and, you know, the depth of his own experience and what he's trying to convey to Han and, you know, his own wisdom in not necessarily holding grudges about what people are doing because he understands their motivations. That stuff was very well done. Murr's characterization of Kira and her backstory and her motivations for doing all the things that she's done and how, you know, different people are, you know, viewing her and taking advantage of her or trying to take advantage of her and how she's using that to take advantage of these other unsuspecting people. All of that is really well done. And Han, you know, we'll talk about in tomorrow's episode specifically because there is one element that was brought out very clearly by Murr. And I imagine that as she was reading the script and talking to folks at Lucasfilm about the movie that she had this very clear understanding of a particular element of Han's character about his abandonment issues specifically. And she wrote very strongly and, you know, not heavy handedly, just, you know, very clearly tied, you know, the pieces of the puzzle together in that regard. And so I definitely thought that that was one of the best things about the novel itself as opposed to the movie you know I mean yeah maybe we get a little bit of the abandonment thing with Han but yeah it's definitely drawn out in a much clearer fashion in the novelization so hey it's a good quick read and you know I think it will definitely enhance your viewing so by all means check it out it's Mer Lafferty's expanded edition of Solo a Star Wars Story. Now I'm going to tell you one last bit of information about Lando and Han's final encounter and Han winning the Falcon from Lando that's in the novelization that we don't get to see in the movie. That little bit's coming up here after the break and a quick word from our friends at Nissan. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Rouser, if you haven't checked out Nissan's Best in the Galaxy customizer, then what's keeping you? Here's the link to do it real quick. It's sw7x7.com slash custom. That'll get you right there. You can customize a Rogue, an Ultima, or a Titan and give it a design inspired by the Millennium Falcon, by an Imperial Heavy TIE Fighter, Moloch's Landspeeder, or four other different designs. Check it out, sw7x7.com slash custom. And hey, Solo A Star Wars Story is now available on digital and it's coming September 25th on Blu-ray and new in 4K Ultra HD as well. Welcome back. 
So in yesterday's episode, we talked about how we still don't know how Han and Chewie got to whatever that jungle planet is that Lando was at, where they had their final showdown, or at least their you know most current showdown. And who knows if the Falcon is going to end up <laughs> passing between the two of them back and forth again and again. We'll see. But be that as it may, we still don't know how they got there, and we don't know how Lando ended up leaving that planet either. You would have to imagine that maybe Han said, here, you can have this ship instead, however they got there, but, you know, that assumes that they got there on their own ship. What we do know from the novelization is that Han allowed Lando, and why wouldn't he, to clear his belongings out of the Falcon, which included his entire cape collection and all of his more expensive bits of alcohol. And, you know, Han was kind of like, yeah, I don't like the expensive stuff anyway. So <laughs> that was one fun thing where you know, Han is just in such a tremendous mood and he basically just is not paying attention to the fact that Lando is in a very quiet rage over this whole thing. But there is a touching moment where Lando puts his hand on the in, an interface for the Nava computer, which is definitely a little note about the fact that he's leaving L3 behind. There is no comment from L3 or the Falcon itself about, oh, we got a new guy here, and that might have been a nice touch to throw in there, but, you know, that's okay. It's really more about the interaction between Han and Lando at that moment than anything else. And that is going to do it for today's episode and for our official look at Solo A Star Wars Story, the expanded edition. Technically speaking, I guess, when we get into Han's abandonment issues, we are going to be using the novelization to inform that discussion to a large degree. But, you know, officially, technically, we're done with, you know, the long string of episodes where we've been digging into the details of the novel that were not expressed on screen. So if you are not subscribing to the show and you want to make sure that those episodes get delivered to you wherever you happen to be taking in the show, then by all means subscribe on whatever your favorite service is. And if you are not supporting the podcast yet on Patreon, then by all means, please do Please do support one guy who's doing this all by himself and has been for four years and 1,540 episodes. That's at patreon.com slash SW7X7. And for now, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for watching, listening, however it is that you are enjoying this episode, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.